You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. What would you do if your Christmas gift was losing your job with a great salary and you had no idea how you'd feed yourself, your wife, and your one-year-old baby? Would you celebrate or would you break down and cry? Hello, storytellers, and welcome to another opportunity to expand and enrich your world. One of the ways that you can definitely accelerate your growth is by choosing to read more wonderful books. And our sponsor, Audible, offers you a free downloadable audiobook of your choice. You choose from more than 180,000 titles. You get to keep it. And you also get an entire month free of all of Audible service. Go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power and choose a form of audio empowerment today. I really value your presence here, your loyalty by listening to this show again and again and I'm going to ask you for a favor. Go to iTunes and leave a rating and a review for this show. One of the easiest ways to do it is to leave a comment about your biggest takeaway from today's episode. And that will help the show to gain more visibility. Then more and more people can have the opportunity like you to enrich their lives. Thank you in advance for doing that. Today's guest broke down and cried in 2011 when he got the nasty Christmas gift I just described. Christmas 2012 was a totally different story. Our guest and his partner celebrated victory. In one year, they had generated $1 million in Amazon sales. Today, he's a multi-million dollar Amazon seller and an Amazon marketplace master who is passionate about sharing his knowledge with others who are just as driven to succeed. Get ready for a great shot of inspiration to kick off 2019 with Dan Metters. Dan, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Hey, Lewis. I couldn't be happier to be on here, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you, man. You're the first person i'm interviewing in 2019 yeah. it's great wow. yeah i'm super excited indeed so let's start with where you were born i was born in a town called corbett kentucky it's actually funny because i, I was born raised and still live here and it's a it's a, ta- a town i was telling you before the pre-show that actually has more cows than people uh, but it's a it's a fantastic place that i love to call home are those cows uh, becoming amazon sellers too they pro- they probably should look into it. It's, it's got to be better than the, the than getting slaughtered, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you say it's Corbett, Kentucky. Yep, Corbin, Kentucky. Okay. How do you spell C O R B I N? It's the home of the first Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's our that's our big claim to fame. Wow. And we have uh, the Cumberland Falls, uh, the Falls, and one of the only moon bows in the world. Moon bows. Yeah. Wow. It's like it's like a rainbow that comes up during a full moon once a month next to our falls, um, and it has a it looks like a little rainbow that goes over the falls at night. So it's really beautiful. You must have some photographs of that. I've, I've never actually gotten a photograph. I've been there a couple times and was able to take my daughter and she got to see it and it was re- that was really exciting. But I've never I, I, I'm not great with a camera. I'm going to look it up after. I'm sure there are pictures of it all over the web. I, I bet, yeah, it has to be. Yeah. Now, who influenced you the most as a child? I would definitely have to say my mom. Um, I grew up in a, uh, my, you know, my mom and dad got divorced when I was five, and I lived with my mom. And, you know, we didn't have, uh, we, we, di- we didn't have the best life. Uh, 
but she did absolutely everything she could to give me and, and my brothers, uh, you know, what we needed to survive. So it was, uh, you know, she was she's definitely my source of inspiration for sure. Cool. And did you have a childhood dream of who you wanted to be as a grown up? It's it's kind of funny because it's here in Kentucky, you know, it's a bit different. Um, and I, I knew that I wanted to do something where I could or I could live a better life than we lived. Like, you know, we ate, uh, to be honest, man, we ate uh, potatoes and macaroni and uh, tomatoes about every day. That's, you know, that's what we could afford. And it was whenever I started playing, I, I was really into sports growing up and I started playing baseball. And I, had, I was really fortunate in that I had a lot of great role models as, co- as coaches. And one of the coaches that uh, was, was that I had when I was nine or ten years old, he was a lawyer. And you know, I saw that he he was really successful. People liked him. Um, he had money. He, was, he would always like buy me, you know, buy me snacks and stuff because we couldn't. I, I couldn't afford that. My mom didn't have any money for that. And uh, that's that's ultimately what I decided I wanted to be when I grew up because I wanted to be successful like him. You wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah. And um, are you glad you didn't? I am fantastic. You know, it's it's unbelievable hmm. because I, I took the LSATs and I was all primed and ready to go to law school. And I started a job in e-commerce. And it, it I mean, it really just changed who I am as a person, just seeing the possibilities that the Internet creates and the, the you know, the reach that you can have. And it became a passion and, and really did just as, as completely changed my life. I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of people still are living in that world where they think in terms of a job, a career, and therefore an income that's kind of set and fixed. I mean, yeah, you can earn a lot, but it's not where you can create as much as you want. And you can do that online if you've got the focus and the stamina to go at it, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. that's, that's really is what it takes. And in my experiences, it does take some, it does take that level of you just being able to weather the storm and keep moving forward in the face of adversity. Mm-hmm. Let's get into some of that adversity. Did you have to confront any personal demons on your journey to success? Absolutely. It's, you know, I think it's, I think a lot of people share these same kind of sentiments. And it, for me, it was just, you know, I always, I've always felt in, inadequate. Um, if I can do it, then I, I, you know, then anybody else in the world can do it. So it's, I, 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 I suffered from imposter syndrome and it's, you know, it's, it's for me, those things weren't crippling completely, but they definitely affected how I operated and definitely slowed me down from the progress I would have made if I, you know, if I could have moved past that faster. Mm. This is a very common theme and, uh, I don't know, I've given, I give a lot of thought to why. We experience it. I experience it. Every successful person I know experiences it. Do you have any ideas about why we end up feeling that way? Because it is a lie, you know. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that we're. I, I think we've learned so many of these things from school. Like you know, I, you've learned your path to success. You've learned to be quiet unless you're talked to or called out. You've done, you know, we're. We're raised in, a, and I feel like we're raised in a way that keeps us from expressing ourselves, like a the, you know traditional education and things like that. So it becomes a lot harder for people to move out of their way and start to take charge in their life. Mm, I totally agree. I'm really glad you said that because I think that is that is at the root of it. And now we're beginning to change the mindset around education, and hopefully, kids in the future won't experience that as much what was your darkest moment i was you know it was definitely that what you talked about in in the uh the the introduction there was the day i got fired i mean i had a you know it was i'd wanted to go to law school and i ended up keeping this job and we didn't we we did a we we saw fantastic growth at that company uh the first year i was there i think we did like one point five million or something like that in sales and over the next few years we grew that business to over 25 million in revenue with 180 employees and it you know it had grown uh grown very well and was really dominant in, in its its niche but um is that day uh, you know I, I was had a six-figure plus salary and 
I just had a, I had a pretty great life, to be honest. I, at the time, I didn't, you know, me and Eric, my business partner, had started selling things on the side, but that was more just out of sheer passion because we like, you know, I just like doing things and I like learning about stuff. And, and when we first learned about Amazon, it was uh, it, it was fascinating. So, you know, we had the, the little bit of a side hustle going on, but we weren't making enough money to even come close to justifying leaving my job. And uh, I, I remember it was... Uh, you know, I, I we we went out to lunch, and I was I was with the with the owner of the company, and uh, he 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 told me that we we you know he was going to have to terminate me, and uh, I honestly, Lewis, I, I had no idea what to do. I was so scared, um, and I, I I didn't I couldn't just go I couldn't call my wife. Uh, me and Eric had rented this little tiny um, office in downtown Corbin. It's two hundred and fifty square feet. It's kind of like a, a large closet. Um, and I remember I went there and I just cried and cried and cried and was, I was trying to think of what, what, you know, could I possibly tell my wife that could make her, you know, we just had our baby, uh, we were in a, you know, we had just moved into our house and we had bills and we didn't have a lot of savings because we had paid a good down payment on the house and it was an absolute nightmare. So I cried, I had probably at least two or three hours just trying to figure out what I was going to tell her. And I remember I called her. And I told her I quit, um, and, and I quit because I wanted to keep. I wanted to really pursue this Amazon thing, and it was you know there you know there were a couple of reasons I did that, and you know in retrospect I would have probably just told her the truth, but it, I was number one I was too proud. Like it was it it, it hurt to be told I was fired. Um, it hurt a lot, and then number two I wanted to show some some level of confidence that you know things are going to be all right. And I wanted to feel like I had, I wanted her to believe I had a plan, even though I didn't. I, you know, I, my plan was going to be, I hope this works. And if not, I don't know what I'm going to do. So it was absolutely the worst time in my life. Um, and I, I hope that any of the, any of your listeners never have to go through something like that. Well, I, I hear you. You don't want people to experience the pain. And yet sometimes. I mean, that can be the greatest gift. I mean, it's a test, right? Why, why did they let you go? Uh, it's just a difference. Uh, you know, the, the company had been growing and, ch- and changing, and um, I, I don't know. To be honest with you, it's, it's just I wasn't the right fit at the time, I guess. Wow, that's, that's incredible. But, you know, looking back, it's a good thing it happened. Absolutely. So you launch into this new business and you're not sure what's going to happen. What was the biggest mistake you made in building your success? Oh, wow. I mean, it's it's kind of funny because I don't typically keep track of mistakes. Like I don't, we, we do our best to not dwell on mistakes and our, our you know, I can tell you a hundred mistakes. I can't tell you the biggest because I've tried and my business partners really, great with this as well we really do try to take everything we can from a mistake and and try to learn what we can like we've done we've we've created businesses that have failed we one time we created a a website based around my little pony that that sold my little pony products uh that that obviously didn't do very well we uh we've created retail stores i could tell you stories about when i bought some really awful products and almost uh bankrupted our company but for for the most part it's you know we don't we try not to dwell on our mistakes and we really do try to learn as much as we can from them. That's great. I mean, that's it's because if you have that attitude of learning from the, we can even call them something else, those um, attempts that don't work, that's what the name of the game is for any entrepreneur, anybody who's moving forward. You know, was there a key event that, that began to turn things around for you? Yeah, absolutely. It was, you know, we, uh, the very first, the, whenever we started seeing real success, like I remember when we got to the point, it was probably like seven or eight months, seven, six months in maybe, where um, we actually had enough money that I could I could pay myself once, and uh, the, I was I was so excited because it was it wasn't just a proof of concept, it wasn't just the businesses, you know, it, we were starting to see sales and things like that. It had started generating enough money that I could actually draw a draw a salary now granted it was a tiny salary and it was ju- you know it was just enough to survive but it was it was just that turning point was was a big deal whenever i, I got to start drawing a salary and then later on you know we, we started with retail arbitrage and shopping in stores and stuff like that and then we eventually transitioned to wholesale and uh 
you know, there was there was a huge lesson there, and it was. You know, one of the things that we, we once we had built up our capital and we started trying to transition our business away from uh, retail arbitrage, uh, it was it was difficult because we assumed that you could just call people and set up accounts and things like that, but it didn't work like that. You know, brands weren't eager to just work with us necessarily, and uh, that was the biggest lesson for me. Is you had we we started learning to lead with value. And trying to provide the brands and companies that we were developing relationships with a lot of value uh, to, to, you know, help them start to want to work with us. Mm-hmm. Now, can you clarify what you mean by retail arbitrage? Sure, absolutely. It's it's a business model that's got really popular on Amazon, and you know, it's a it's a very low risk model. It's one of the models where what so what it is is you go into a big box store, say a Walmart, a Target, uh, one one of those types of stores, and you look for product that's either discounted or sold out on Amazon that you can sell for a higher price. So it's a great way to leverage not a lot of capital, and that's what we had to do. You know, we had $600 when we started our business, so it was, we didn't have money to go, you know, we weren't placing orders or anything like that. It wasn't fancy at all. It was, we were going into stores, looking for great deals, looking for discounted products, looking for things on clearance, and then taking those and selling them on Amazon. Hmm. So you would actually buy them? Yeah, we would actually buy, you know, it was funny. I, I remember one of our biggest scores was a product called Benefiber. And it's, uh, you know, it helps uh, it, it helps regulate people who have trouble going to the restroom or whatever. And the, I remember he would go into stores because it was really hot on Amazon. Like Novartis had, uh, is the company who makes it. And they had to shut their U.S. operations down um, because of some, you know, some, some incidents they had with other products. But Benefiber was unaffected. They just couldn't make it at the time. And I remember we went, went literally drove around the country going into every Walmart or pharmacy we could find and would buy all the benefiber we could and I, those people I, I i remember some of their faces like me and you know me and eric would go into these little small town pharmacies and we would have tons of benefiber in our arms like literally arm loads and i, I can only imagine what they thought was going on you know like <laughs> they must have thought we were getting ready to have the world's largest cleansing party or something yeah yeah but, uh, but yeah, that was that was that's kind of you know what retail arbitrage is. It's finding products that you can sell for more online. They probably said, "Hey, here they come—the two most constipated guys on the planet." Absolutely. You know now, how so? How did you fulfill the orders? You had to manually send those to the people. No, that's the power of Amazon, and that's ultimately what's uh, made our business possible. Uh, we utilize everything we've ever sold on Amazon. We have utilized their system, Fulfillment by Amazon, or FBA, and that is where you send all of your products to Amazon's fulfillment centers, and then they fulfill individual customer orders and take care of the customer service related to those orders. So what it did is it allows us, it allowed us to tap into Amazon's massive infrastructure and just be two guys. Like, we didn't have a a big back end to our business. We didn't have a lot of infrastructure. We were able to just concentrate on finding products and getting those products to Amazon. Mm, that's great. That's wonderful. Now, I'm just curious, did you invest in formal personal development training? Uh, I didn't at the, you know, at the time, honestly, we just didn't have, we didn't have the money and everything. We were so bootstrapped. I mean, it's, it's hard to describe like how tight we were able, we were running our business in that first year, but yeah, absolutely. Like we have, uh, you know, just last year alone as a company, like we, we actively participate in masterminds. We actively buy courses and training. Uh, I think we spent $70,000 on training last year alone. And who would you say was the, um, uh, the one that inspired you the most or the one you learned from the most? It's kind of funny because there's, you know, I've had at this point, I've had a lot of great mentors and I would say the, I would say the three that we've, we've learned at this point, learned the most from, and this, you know, I'm sure there are other people out there that we're going to learn even more from in the future, but, um, it was Jeff Walker. Um, oh, Ryan, yeah, I love him. They had the product launch formula. Absolutely. And it's not just, you know, it's not just the system that they created and uses. It's just how he thinks about business and how he, you know, just how he operates and being able to bounce ideas off people like that is such a powerful thing. Mm. Uh, another another person that we've learned a lot from is Ryan Moran. Oh, uh, say that one again. Ryan Moran. Okay. 
um, he's he's really popular with uh, he, he runs a website called capitalism.com um, actual fan, actually a fantastic guy and we've learned a ton just about how to think about business and how to be able to you know what we should be looking for in our business and how we start thinking about scaling all these things are things you know we don't necessarily we didn't necessarily know about and are just continuing to learn and then definitely um, we another another person we've really start you know learned a lot from is Dana Derricks Okay. Yeah. How do you spell that one? Dana, D-A-N-A, Derricks, D-E-R-R-I-C-K-S. And uh, in a nutshell, what is her system? Does she have a name for it? Uh, it's him. It's Dana is a man. But uh, Dana, he, he's what we're, we're working with him right now on the Dream 100, and that's just finding – you know, that's how to connect and build your network out with people. Because I, ultimately, I think that is the, one of the most important things in business is being, it's, you know, being a, it's who you know and how you, uh, and how you develop your network as to how successful you'll be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very, very true. And I apologize to you, Dana, for changing your gender, but, you know, it was an honest mistake. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> how did you go from a $600 investment to a million dollars in sales in two years. No, it's, uh, you know, the, the short answer is a lot of sweat equity and hard work. Um, but it's, you know, the, you know, really it's, I didn't have an option to fail. Like that's the thing is, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't know if you've ever watched the video uh, that Tony Robbins did with burn your boats, you know, mm-hmm. but it, but it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's super powerful and effectively it wasn't my choice that I burn my boats. But I didn't have an option to fail. Like I had to, uh, you know, my business had to succeed. And that meant working when other people would have called it quits. That meant uh, just continuing to move forward in the face of adversity constantly. Because that's the thing is, you know, having success in business doesn't come without complications. Like you're always going to have complications. You're always going to have problems arise. And, it's the you know, the people who do have success are the people who are able to find ways past that and continue to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's. I love that. I I often um, refer to that example of burn your boats. It's 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 very powerful. And was it one or two years that you got to a million dollars? Our first year, we did. I think it was eight hundred and sixty thousand in sales. Wow! And then our second year, we we hit the million dollar mark. Beautiful. Not bad, not bad at all. Now, why did you finally choose a wholesale model of selling on Amazon? Well, it was you know it was one of those things we had uh, we tried other models. We we like I told you earlier, we tried to build a retail store that didn't work out in Corbin, Kentucky. There's just not enough foot traffic. Um, then we tried the My Little Pony site. Uh, we ultimately tried a private label and just weren't able to find success with it. Um, but whenever we started with wholesale, the thing that really made it kind of take hold is how streamlined and scalable it was because we had already been having success with retail arbitrage. You know, we had done, uh, you know, over a million dollars in sales the previous year and had, had a pretty decent profit margin. But the problem with that model was, is we were constantly out driving around like you physically have to go find product. Um, and, and, you know, having having a having a child and we, had, you know, I just had my second child. Um, and Eric has, Eric has three kids. Uh, it just didn't, it wasn't sustainable. We were gone entirely too much. So whenever we switched to wholesale, the thing that really attracted us was how, how system, you know, it's, it's easily systemized. Like everything you do is, is you can, you can break down into a single system, right? And whenever you're able to do that, you're able to streamline it, and that's when it becomes scalable, and that's whenever you can start to be able to move some of those responsibilities off yourself and truly start to grow your business. Mm. Compare the model, the wholesale model, to the other ways of making money on Amazon. So for, sure. to clarify for the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Like like I said, we started with retail arbitrage, and that's like literally going to physical stores and buying products and then reselling those products on Amazon. And it just, you know, it, we did fantastic with it, but it was it was it's you know it was a big time commitment, um, and, and it wasn't 
conducive to having a family and wanting to be around. And, and I, you know, it wasn't the reason that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. It wasn't the reason that I wanted to have my business. I didn't want to have a business so I could work significantly harder than I did in a job just to be able to make ends meet. Um, and then we tried, you know, we also tried private label. And what private label is, it's creating a brand and building, creating your own brand. Now that sounds fantastic. And there's a lot of people who, who are able to, to have success with it. And it just didn't work out for me and Eric as well. Because it's, you know, there's a, it's harder to create demand for a product that doesn't exist. Like, and we just didn't, we didn't have the marketing skills and capabilities to really do that effectively. Um, then you have liquidation and that's kind of like the buying dent and ding stuff and just, uh, being more of a, uh, more of a salvager and that, you know, it can be a great business model, but with Amazon, it's particularly tough because you don't have really good invoices when you do that. And Amazon wants, uh, wants you to have really good invoices if there's, if, if you have something like a customer complaint. Um, and then drop shipping. That's another one that people often engage in. And that's just selling a product and then going and buying it. But it's really tough in the Amazon ecosystem because, of Amazon's metrics with how fast you have to ship orders, and a lot of that's out of your hands in drop shipping. So for us, wholesale made a lot of sense. Like it's you know buying products that already exist. Like these products already have built-in demand. They already have audiences and, and people who want those pro- actively want those products. So all we're doing is finding ways to to carry products that are already doing really well. So wholesale made a lot of sense for us. And how do you find those products and the uh, the people to deal with to buy them from? Well, this is it's actually great because our first you know we we've kind of evolved our model over time. And when we first got into wholesale, we did it like everybody else did. You know, we we googled wholesale, we tried to figure out you know what to do, and and everything we learned said you should just contact distributors and get their catalogs and see what they carry. Well, that didn't work. It just didn't work for us um, because like realistically. You know, we did. We still didn't have a lot of money, and the only thing in this instance, you know, if I'm buying from a distributor, and, and say you're buying from a distributor, the only thing that makes us different is the size of our order, right? Mm-hmm. We can't compete at that level. Like I can't compete because we just didn't have the the proverbial war chest to be able to do it. Um, so instead, what we did is uh, eventually we found our, you know, we we found our model, and it was. We find products that are already doing well, then we source those back to the company who makes them and try to develop a real relationship with that company rather than an abstract relationship with a distributor who just wants to sell more products. Like that's the thing about a company, uh, you know, whenever you talk to um, a, a, a company about their product, they're very passionate about it. They love their product and oftentimes it's like their baby, you know, they've invested more into that product than most people can possibly imagine. They've made sacrifices. Like, I know this because I've, you know, we've built a business. I know the sacrifices you have to make. Um, and, and it's the same thing with those brands. So whenever you're able to connect with them and be able to show that you you want to actively help them grow, that's, uh, you know, you're able to forge a real relationship that, uh, that can materialize very well over time. Right. So in other words, you bypass the distributor and you become the wholesaler. Exactly. I mean, that's that's effectively, you know, we, we, we just become a, we're, you know, we're like, uh, we function like the manufacturer's retail conduit on Amazon. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's, that's wonderful that you uh, discovered that. And what are the five essential skills for retail success on Amazon? You know, it's, I think the number one thing is literally always taking action. Like if you want to, but I don't think that's exclusive to Amazon. I think that's, you know, that that's true with any business. Like you have to take action and action begets results. Like, you know, taking action doesn't mean you're always going to succeed, but it's going to give you more data points to realize what works and what doesn't. Um, so taking action, absolutely. I, I think, I think as entrepreneurs, we have to be fearless and we have to push ourselves to learn through experience. Like, and that's not comfortable. That's that's one of the things is, you know, as a human, you you, you get into the habits where you just get it. You do comfortable things. You do you, what you know works, and you don't really push yourself. But if you're wanting to grow a business and you're wanting to, to you know to change your life, you have to have you have to be fearless and you have to be able to to push yourself through those uncomfortable situations. Mm-hmm. Um, resourcefulness. Like that's this is one that we talk about all the time. Like, and it is just being—you don't have to be somebody who knows how to do everything. Like, 
in fact, like if uh, I don't, I don't feel like you can. I don't feel like you can be an effective business owner trying to do everything yourself. Um, so we, what we do is we try to, we try to find ways, to, creative ways to get things done without necessarily just having to do everything ourselves or having to learn everything. I, I think being able to um, just, just being, just having that, having that ability, having that ability to find answers. And, and find solutions to problems will carry you a really long way in your business. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And then you know the the next one I would say is just be genuine. And you know that's that's one of the things I, I feel like has, has really helped us is for better or for worse we don't pretend like we know all the answers. We don't um, we we don't promote ourselves whenever we talk to brands. We're not, we don't uh, tell them you know hey we can solve every problem you have. We you know what we do is we we're very genuine. We want to work with you to solve these problems, and we'll do our best to actually come up with solutions rather than than quick fixes. And a lot of the brands that we work with over time have have you know just just grown to appreciate that, grown to appreciate the fact that we're not uh, we're, you know we're not a typical know it all kind of company. We are uh, we're we're very invested in their success, but that means learning learning together along the way. Mm-hmm. And and then the last one I would say, and, and you know, there's obviously a lot more, but these, you know, these are just five I think are are really important and have played a role in our success. Is is lead by providing value. Like it doesn't have to always be about making money. It's how can I help this person or how can I, you know, how can I help this group uh, succeed in their mission? And when you start with a when you start from a place of providing value, and, and that's the thing is when I contact a company uh, or, or a manufacturer, I don't contact them just assuming that we should work together. I contact them to see first how I can help them. If I can help them, then a relationship can form off of that. But if I can, I mean, it's, you know, it's, there's some companies that I'm just not the right fit for. And there's some, and that's, that's, I think something people have to understand is everybody, you know, if you're in business, everybody's not your customer. Everybody is not your audience. You have to find the people that you're a great fit with and that are a great fit with you. That is a, a brilliant piece of advice um, that anybody in sales, any any line of business should be, should should employ because uh, leading with value makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. Well, it gives people a reason to work with you, right? Yeah. Like if I, uh-huh. you know, if I if I approach manufacturers the same way that everybody else does, you know, what do they mostly do? They apply for an account and say, "Hey, I want to sell your products." You know, that's I'm just a face in the crowd if I do that. Right. And this is true no matter what your business is. But if I go in and I look for a way to help them, if I if I think of how can I make you more money first and and that's my goal, that companies just want to work with you. Right. People want to start working with you whenever you have the intention of helping them. This has been um, a, a big bone of contention now on social media where people are um too eager to rush into the into Facebook and say, "Look at the great stuff I have, buy it," as opposed to creating a relationship first and giving people a reason to want to do business with you. Right. That's the thing is, I I just I've come to realize that I don't need everybody to want to do business with me. I just need the people who I who can who can who I can help and who can help me. Right. That's what it's about. It's about helping each other grow together. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Great philosophy. Describe your process for finding and acquiring great products and brands on Amazon. For sure. We um, so one of the things, like I said earlier, we you know we are wholesale. We look for products that are already performing really well, and then we like to take those take those products and track them back. To the brand owner. Now, oftentimes we we may use a, a word like manufacturer, but brand owner and manufacturer for us is interchangeable. Whenever we say manufacturer, we're not specifically saying um, the uh, you know the person who makes the product. We're saying the person who owns the brand. So, for example, if I were wanting to carry like Nike shoes, and Nike's a terrible example because they're such a big company, and it's somebody that's not a great avatar for us. I can't help Nike grow to the level they need to grow. You know, it's just not inside of our capabilities. But it's an example that people can relate to because they understand the product. So if I were wanting to carry Nike products, I would contact the buying team or, or the sales team at Nike and try to set up a, a relationship with them. 
Okay. All right. So it's, you know, that's, that's the overview of how we do it is we call it reverse sourcing wholesale by finding the product first and then finding out the, the brand and, and starting to develop that relationship. But there are a few things that we actually look for. And this is kind of like the, you know, the, the, the secret sauce of our, of our product formula is we're looking for products that aren't carried by Amazon specifically. Now, the reason that we care that it's not carried by Amazon is, is Amazon's avatar, the, the products that they want to carry are typically different than the products I want to carry. Um, we want to carry small to mid-sized manufacturers and work with those types of companies because, you know, if I can, if I can come up with a way to help them get an extra $250,000 a year in sales, well, that's huge for a small company. You know, that drastically affects their bottom line. That may give them the ability to hire another couple of key people to really grow their brand. Now, if I grow, if I'm able to grow Nike sales, $250,000, that wouldn't be something that even registers, right? Like, mm. they're, just, they're so big and so massive. So, I, you know, we're looking for companies that aren't carried by Amazon. Um, we look for products with more than three sellers. Now, the reason we do that is typically, you, uh, you know, the, the, one of the new phenomenons is, is private label, and that's people bringing their own brands to Amazon. Well, if you developed a product to bring to Amazon yourself, you, you never had the intention of working with other people. Your goal was to be the seller of that product. Well, in that capacity, I don't feel like I can offer you a ton of help. And, and maybe, you know, maybe even my help's not, not necessarily wanted. So we try to work with companies um, who are in the business of selling to people and actively want to grow their brand. Uh, so that's, that's why we look for products with three or more sellers. And then we want products that actually sell well and have a sustained demand. We're looking for products that sell 60 times a month or more. Now, you know, obviously, the more the merrier. We we like to, um, we 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 you know we like it when a product sells five hundred times a month or a thousand times a month. But we're you know we look for products that have a sustained demand, and, and at sixty times a month, that shows you that customers are actually coming and looking for that product. And also, it's a great way to grow, right? Whenever you're starting with a product with sixty sales per month, if you make it make a few improvements, that product can easily do two hundred and fifty or five hundred sales per month. And how do you find that information? It's just, you know, it's it, we find everything. We start our searches for everything on Amazon.com. And it's just looking for little niches. Like um, if, if I hear something throughout the day like, uh, you know, organic baby diaper or something like that, that's, that's something I'd never heard of. So I would go to Amazon and look and see what kind of brands carry that product and kind of just start searching from there. Hmm. But uh, didn't you say you wanted stuff that wasn't sold on Amazon? Not sold by Amazon. Oh, oh, exactly. Oh, I see, I see. Right, so it wouldn't be on Prime or something like that. It's independent people selling. Exactly. I, I you know, effectively, I don't want to compete against Amazon, and, and you know, Amazon makes it particularly tough. Like I said, you know, with their avatar is slightly different, but more, you know, another thing is they're very unpredictable. Amazon is very aggressive. And they're very hard to compete with, so we try not. We try to avoid products where we'd be in direct competition with Amazon. Okay, I guess you've answered my next question because you did explain your winning product analysis formula. <laughs> Absolutely. Can you explain Amazon's bestseller rank and how to use it to build a business? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, Amazon's bestseller rank is a it's their measure for how well things sell. So. It's kind of like a, a linear st- a, a linear measure, right? Where the number one performing product on Amazon is ranked in a specific category, say home and kitchen. We'll use home and kitchen as, as an example. So the number one cat- product in home and kitchen, that is the product that sells the most on Amazon.com. Now, uh, knowing the fact, knowing that it sells the most is is one thing, but being able to interpret that data is another, right? So we use a service and product called Jungle Scout, and that you can actually do it for free. You can actually just go to junglescout.com forward slash estimator, and you can type in a rank for a given category. Say, like, you you find a product, and its uh, sales rank is 2,000 in home and kitchen. You can go to junglescout.com forward slash estimator, go down to the home and kitchen section, and type in 2,000, and that will tell you how many times a month that product actually sells. So it's you know, I don't necessarily care care directly about sales rank, but I care about what sales rank tells me. Because whenever I see that, whenever I see a product sells 2,000 times a month, 
I know that that product has sustained demand. You can also look at a, uh, at another service. It's free. It's called Keepa. And it'll show you what the sales history for that product's been over time. So between using that little combination of Keepa and Jungle Scout, we're able to decipher how well that product actually sells and then how long that product has been selling at that level. So once we know that, you know, if I, if I look back and I see a product's been selling for a year at, uh, at $20 and it's been selling roughly a thousand times a month, that's a product I can be really comfortable purchasing, right? Mm-hmm. Like as long as I can make enough money, that's the, that's the only, that's the only variable left is contacting the manufacturer and finding out how much money I can actually make. It's fascinating. Keepa, did you spell, how do you spell it? K-E-E-P-A? Absolutely. Oh, cool. Never knew that. I just learned something new. How can non-U.S. residents play and succeed on Amazon? It's that's you know the exact same way. That's that's one of the beautiful things about the world we live in, right? Is it's it's a world that's not necessarily just contained by borders. Um, so we you know we've worked with lots of international people, and the the process for setting up an account is is basically the same. Um, you have to have you know to be able to do wholesale, you need to be able to have a business in your own co- country. You don't necessarily even have to have a U.S. based business. And I feel like the international folks, it's actually awesome because I think that they have an extra level of value they can bring to a manufacturer. Like the fact that, you know, let's say that you're from Germany and you, you, you know, you, you wanted to start carrying a brand in the U.S. And you start, you talk, you start talking to the brand about, hey, you know, I, I would love to carry your product in the U.S. market, but I can, I, ex- I can help you expand into the German market. That's super powerful. You know, that's something being able to understand that market, being able to uh, be familiar in, in, in that type of marketplace just offers a level of, of service that I can't. And, and a lot of the people, you know, that are, that are from the U.S. can't. So it's like I feel like it's, you know, it's, 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 the, it's very similar in how you do it instead of a business. But I, I feel like the international folks are able to bring an extra level of um, value that they can bring. Now, do you have courses where you train people how to do this? Yeah, absolutely. We have our our, cor- our course called the Wholesale Formula. Okay. Um, and, and if anybody wants to learn, you know, more about it, right there, just check it out at, at thewholesalformula.com forward slash change, and we have a special page for for your your people, Lewis. Fantastic. So, tell us a bit about that course. It's a it, you know it's it for better or for worse it's a course that is it's it's not based in theory it's not a whole bunch of uh, uh, that kind of stuff it is literally exactly what we do it's you know it's just the blueprint from what we do every day in our business and, and you know we're we're still active in our business so it's constantly evolving like our course we I think we've released it six times at this point and um. We've actually we've updated it six times in full. So, like the course we originally launched back in, you know, I think it was 2016, is completely different than than what's uh, than than what you know the course we have now. And it's because Amazon constantly changes, and that's one of the things that we really pride ourselves in. Is you know we are you know we're active in that market. We understand the changes, and we're able to to relay those changes to the members of our community and make sure that they are able to to grow and scale. Uh, even after, you know, years after they bought our course. What's the format of the course? Uh, it's, we do pre-recorded, vi- we have a pre-recorded videos. We do, um, we do uh, weekly webinars to answer questions and dive in depth on our, uh, you know, what's working in our business and, and just the different facets people need to understand about owning and operating a business. Um, we have a massive, awesome Facebook community that that's a part of our course. And, you know, at this point, we've been really fortunate. We've had more than 3,000 people who've taken our course. And that community is just filled with, you know, it's, it's really is. It's just 3,000 incredible, awesome people who are all working towards a, a common goal of developing and, and growing and scaling their own business on Amazon. It, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, how many hours of video is it? Uh, I believe we're, it's, you know, it, uh, I believe we're probably in the fifteen to sixteen hours of video range, not including all the webinars and, and the past webinars we've done. I mean, it, all in all, there's probably forty hours of content in there, if uh, it, you know, if it, all all told. But the the core parts of the course are probably like fourteen or fifteen hours. Fantastic. 
So anyone listening, and if you've been thinking about, gee, how can I make money online this year? Well, check it out at thewholesaleformula.com forward slash change, because you're hearing it on Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Do you have a daily success ritual? Yeah, it's it's actually something I've really started doing over the past year. And it's, you know, um, for me, it's, I, I, I did, uh, at night before at night before I go to bed, I like to do this thing where I think about just take some special time and think about what happened throughout the day and what I need to work work on the next day. And it's uh, you know for me it's I, I just call it just a daily reflection. It's nothing you know it's not a big serious process or anything. It's just I like to sit down in front of my computer, take a couple notes. And just think about what went right, because that's the thing is oftentimes we we dwell on what goes wrong, right? We we think about the problems that we have and stuff like that. But I love to think about my wins. And it's, you know, that's one of the things we've actually incorporated into our, our meetings here at work with our team is the first thing we do is we talk about the wins because we want to be actively celebrating whenever we win. We want to be actively celebrating when things go right. We want to be actively celebrating all the effort that we put in. Well, that's the powerful principle of uh, gratitude. You begin with gratitude, and then abundance flows from there. Absolutely. And do you have a morning ritual as well? I don't. I, it's it's funny. I'm a slow starter in the morning, as as bad as I hate to admit it. Um, so my, you know, I, I I do the same thing every day, but I don't have a good morning ritual. And I know I need to do that. And it's it's one of the things I I think I'm going to start trying to work on. Do you have Have you read? Hal Elrod's book, The Miracle Morning. I've, it's on my it's on my to read list. I haven't done it yet, but one of my you know I had this conversation with one of my buddies last week when I was on vacation, and uh, he told me that that book really helped him out a lot. So it's it's uh, it's in the queue to be read. Cool. <laughs> now, what is your favorite book? I love a book um, called From Good to Great by Jim Collins. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the, you know, the, the key thing is, yeah, I, I feel like there's in, in these types of books, like in these classic business books and, or, or any, really almost any of the business books you lead, there's always nuggets you can take away. Right. And, and for me, it was learning the difference in, you know, the level four and level five leaders and, and, and it's building a team, right? That, that's the real difference is building and empowering a great team. And that's one of the things that we've really tried to do over the past year in our business and is really focused on investing into our team and getting, you know, just getting great people in in place. That's wonderful. By the way, if you hear, you hear that sound, yes? I do hear it. Yeah, yeah, that's my cat. She's very excited. She's been wanting to start her own Amazon uh, of specialized pet. uh, Say there, there it is. And um, so she's participating and there's no way to stop her from participating <laughs> well at least you know that's that's part of it is taking action i mean at least she's out there taking action ready to get excited right? there it is what about a favorite quote uh, i love this one it's actually funny because the first time i heard it was when i was i was probably like 16 and my business partner uh I, he told he, he said it and i was like wow that's super awesome and since then i mean it's just i always i always think about it and it's you know, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Mm-hmm. Work, it, work is what happens? Luck. Oh, luck, yes, yes. And, I, you know, I actually looked it up before before this show so I could know who, you know, I know Eric didn't make it up, um, but it was it was a uh, Roman philosopher named Seneca who who is attributed to that quote. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, which reminds me of another book that you might like. You may already have it, The Daily Stoic. I've not, I've not heard of that one. I'll definitely add it to my list for That's, sure. That's uh, Ryan Holiday, and what's great about it is that it's set up like a, it's a, like a journal, so that each day is dated. Like you read the page for January first, and then for January second, with a very short morning and evening reflection exercise in there. And it's a great habit to get into. And there are these great life lessons from the Stoics. I'll, def- I'll definitely add that to my list. That's one of the things I love doing is I love learning. I love reading and, and just being able to to constantly bring in new perspectives. So I'll definitely add that. Fantastic. How about where you see yourself in five years, Dan? 
I mean, we've been, you know, we've been really fortunate and with in being able to work with our our TWF community, the wholesale formula community, and I, that's kind of empowered us to be able to uh, just help people start, develop, and grow businesses. So, you know, I, I see that that's that's where I see myself in five years is in that same space because I'm truly passionate about it, and I love seeing people uh, be able to change and transform their lives. Like and just being able to be involved in that's a, a, a huge deal for us. So it's just continuing to grow and uh, grow t- grow the wholesale formula and empower more entrepreneurs to to create and grow businesses. That is a very um, enriching thing to do. I like that. And how? Well, I'll ask you again. How can people contact you to learn how to build? Is it simply by going to the the contact the um, wholesaleformula.com yeah it's the wholesaleformula.com forward slash change okay and you know we, we've got all of our all of our social media stuff on there too so you can follow us there but we we you know we, we gave uh, we have a really awesome little gift for your for your listeners there and it's just a guide on how to get started doing what we do and, and help them understand exactly what we do and, and maybe see if it's something that they might be interested in well i'm going to download it myself Absolutely. Do you have any final thoughts for our storytellers today? Yeah, it's you know for a, you know I think this is this is a great this is a great podcast because it's you know it it does show the a lot of people only talk about the success right they only you only see what happens after things have worked out you don't get to you don't get to hear about what happened before and, and you know hear about the the dark times so I, I love your podcast and I love you know the the message you send to people that it's not always easy it's not always um, you know, it doesn't just happen. Um, so, so I guess my final thoughts or what I would leave people with is, you know, don't accept, don't settle and accept your fate. Uh, challenge yourself to create a new and better life for your, for yourself and your family. I love that. And it is so true though. I mean, um, I was watching a very inspirational video the other day by one of the top trainers in, network marketing. Uh, his name is Ray Higdon, who, by the way, will be a, a guest on my show in another week. Oh, awesome. And it was a powerful, powerful video because he was, he really dug deep into all of the dark stuff, the pain, the suffering. Basically, the video was called, How Do You Build a Business When Life Gets Tough? And after he went through all of that, because he had it written on a board, he erased it all. He said, well, see, if you just have the blank slate here, and all you talk about is the success, it's not going to inspire people. And he's right. They'll go, that's great. He's a successful person. Most people say, but my circumstances are different, so I can't do that. But when they see that it's, Success was won through facing those hard times. Then it makes a big difference. Therefore, yeah, that's. I mean, why, I can. Huh? I can definitely relate to that. I mean, you, you know, that's that's the thing is you you see you, whenever you see the the advertisements of of the success, like right, you know, the, the this person's doing incredibly well. To me, it sounds daunting. Like it sounds scary, and I just don't ever know if I could do something like that. So I love hearing about. The, I love hearing that the, these people are people. You know what I mean? They're not just robots that have have massive success. They are people who had tough times. They're people who, you know, they had to fight for it. They had to, you know, they had to be fearless. They had to move forward in the face of adversity. I love hearing that because it's something I can relate to. Because you know, it's not always been easy for us. It's not always been easy for me. Absolutely. You know, look, I, my thing about storytelling goes back to my roots in. Uh, as a professional actor and teacher of acting and dramatic storytelling. And I always remind people, you want to learn about this stuff. The essence of it is in great movies. If you take a film like E.T., you have a character who's not a human being. It's an extraterrestrial. But if you go see it, I guarantee you'll get emotionally involved in the struggle that being is having to get home to his planet. Now imagine that he lands here on Earth and he wants to go back home and it's no problem. 
I get in my ship, I start the engine, and I'm home. There is no story. We want our money back. There is no hero's journey. So the success of getting back home doesn't mean much unless he had to overcome incredible obstacles to get there. Absolutely. No, I mean, it's, you're 100% right. It's, you know, it's just a story that even if you, you would ask, you would definitely ask for your money back, but it's a story that nobody can relate to because life's not that way. No, like every, not. you know, it, it ne- it's never easy. That's, you always have to, you're always going to find adversity. You're always going to have a reason to stop. You're always going to have a reason that it's probably not the right time to start. Like that, that's, you know, that that's, I, that's the thing I see most often is is people look for a reason to not get started. They look for a reason why it couldn't be them, and they look for a reason why they should quit. Mm-hmm. Like, if you take out, if you take away those things, if you take away the things of of why I shouldn't get started, you know, uh, why I should quit, and, and just focus on how can I make this better, how can I, you know, how can I continue to grow, like you'll see, you'll have infinitely more success. And it's not that you're necessarily, it's just that you're thinking about it differently, right? And, and it, whenever, I, I feel like whenever I'm, I can always tell when I'm on my game. I can always tell, and it's, you know, if I have a bad situation that comes up or a problem, when I'm on my game, I don't think, I, I, there's not a negative thought that enters it, that enters my mind. It is, how can I find a solution? Mm. And it, it's just about, you know, that's that's just a powerful change in your mindset that, that I feel like people, you know, entrepreneurs or people who want to be entrepreneurs have to make. You have to make that jump in, you know, how can I – to look for a reason to be in business rather than a reason to not. Absolutely. I love the fact that you mentioned that they'll say, well, you know, this is not the right time to start. There is no perfect time because life will always be there making things imperfect. And the only time I, I, I love, uh, I knew um, one of my mentors used to say, if you look at your watch, it only always reads one time, and that's now o'clock. That's true. That's that, very true. That, that is it. On that note, thank you so much for sharing your passion and your knowledge with our listeners. What a wonderful way to kick off the new year. Absolutely, Lewis, man. I am so I'm so excited that you had me on here, and hopefully, you know, uh, hopefully, I've said something today that can resonate with some of your listeners and and maybe help them start that journey or um, uh, just just maybe clear the path a little bit because that's it, it's always going to be a journey. It's always going to you know it's never going to be perfectly clear, but just knowing that it, it will work if you stay with it. It will. Um, you you can't have that that success, but you you just can't give up. Is a, I feel like that's important. You absolutely did share a lot of very wonderful, valuable nuggets. Thank you again. All right. Thanks again, brother. And thank you once again, storytellers, for spending time today with me and Dan Meadows. This was the first interview of 2019, and what a note to begin on. Dan is truly inspirational. He gave us some marvelous things to take away when he spoke about the skills we need to succeed. And, of course, at the top of the list, taking action, fearlessness, resourcefulness, being authentic or genuine, and leading with value. If you took nothing else away from it, But that list, and you began to apply them to everything you do this year, you're going to change your story in the most exciting and positive way for 2019. We spoke again about, guess what? Books, 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 books. Every leader is a reader. And today, it's particularly easy because... If you feel you don't have the time to sit down with a book, if you feel, you know what, I'm just too lazy and restless, well, no excuses because we have audiobooks and you can listen to them while you're working out. I often do. While you're driving, again, I often do. 
while you're doing a number of other things. You can be in the, sometimes I'll listen to inspiration like this or to an audio book while I'm cooking because I happen to love to cook. And if I'm making a recipe that takes an hour, I will have a book on in the background. And you have access to a gift from Audible, our sponsor. They will give you any audio book of your choice to download absolutely free. You choose from 180,000 or more titles, and you get an entire month of Audible service absolutely free. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. Dan shared a lot of value in this episode, and there's one lesson that I want you to focus on for next week. He spoke about a decision he made to burn his boats, literally to give up any exit strategy and not leave yourself any options but one, that being success. I want you to go online and look up the phrase, burn your boats, read about its history, and then think about what it means and how you can burn your boats to totally change your life in an instant. You will change it with a powerful decision that will allow you to commit to fulfilling your dreams. Begin by asking, how can I change my story and change my life? Storytellers, I normally end on this note, but I have a very special announcement for you. Get excited, because in the next two weeks, our guests are going to be two men who are incredibly successful, well-known. They've earned their celebrity by creating enormous success and by helping others to do the same. One is Ray Higdon who is respected around the world in the field of network marketing. He has created his own success as a network marketer and today is one of the most revered teachers and trainers, a true millionaire maker. He is also with his wife, Jessica, the author of Freakishly Effective Social Media for Network Marketing, How to Stop Wasting Your Time on Things That Don't Work, and start doing what does. And you can get a lot from that book, even if you're not a network marketer, because it teaches you the strategies and the psychology of using social media to create profitable and enriching relationships. The other person is Randy Gage. Also, a began as a network marketer and today is renowned as a world uh, famous prosperity coach. He teaches prosperity consciousness and man has he earned the right. He not only failed a lot in his um, early life, he had some really amazing setbacks that in the light of what he's achieved, will truly inspire anyone who thinks that their circumstances are tough. He is an author as well. Um, he's written many books. One of them that I highly recommend to you is Why You're Dumb, Sick, and Broke and How to Become Smart, Healthy, and Rich. Um, there are surprises in that book that will make your jaw drop. And yes, that book will entertain you, engage you, expand your mind, and it can change your life forever. He's also written an, a, um, a visionary book called Risky is the New Safe, and one of his more recent ones is called Mad Genius, both of them giving you a, an incredible picture about the opportunities that exist in the 21st century in this crazy science fiction-like digital age. 
So, look forward to hearing from Randy Gage and Ray Higdon. And I always remind you to pay this forward and let people know that they can hear this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and at the website changeyourstorypodcast.com and to download your free gift at the website, the ebook that I created for you, Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. And this time I will add that you should bring a guest to the interviews that I do with Ray Higdon and Randy Gage. Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.